Welcome back to, or welcome to for the first time, the Journey Through Life podcast. I am Justin Barton, and this is my show. Some of you may or may not have already listened to this podcast before, but it's all about ordinary people with extraordinary stories and allowing a place where people can reflect on our own lives and look inward to learn wisdom from the life lessons and experiences of the guests of this show. I also invite my awesome guests to share some of the things that are most important to them so that future generations can receive words of wisdom directly from those who live their lives and experience the world today. Today we will be, we will be journeying with Jonathan and Christina Hales, a very cool couple with quite the story. I was introduced to this amazing couple through a mutual friend, and I'm sure glad that she recommended that I talk to John and Christina. In this conversation, we talk about an idyllic life and early marriage and family life that took a sudden and drastic turn. They share where they got their they get their hope and strength for the present and the future. There is a recurring theme throughout this conversation, and it is that of positivity in spite of trials. I have named this episode of the podcast Hale's Happiness Despite What Is Going On. A journey through life with Jonathan and Christina Hales. I can promise you an hour of emotions and insights like you may not have experienced in quite a while. Now, if you have not already subscribed to this podcast, go and do it right now for free in whatever podcast platform you're hearing this on. That way, you can continue to reflect and learn from the experiences of current and past guests. If you haven't already reviewed and rated the podcast, what in the world is holding you back? Please take 30 seconds and give us a 5-star rating and write a 10-word review. You can also like us on Facebook and Instagram. The handle is at JTL Podcast for both of them. Also, you can check out the website and nominate yourself or a loved one to be a future guest right there at www.jtlpod.com. Now please go check out our sponsors, www.alifeuntold.com. And use promo code JUSTIN at checkout to save 10% on a personalized and hardbound book of your personal history to be left as a legacy for those who come after you. Also check out www.shepherdbrackets.com for awesome brackets to create your own open shelving concept in your kitchen, bathroom, or anywhere else you would like some stylish and high quality floating shelves in your home. Use promo code JTLPOD5 to save 5% on all orders there. And then check out www.radfordpineshomedecor.com for for the high-quality, high-end, solid wood floating shelves that come fully prepared for and with a shepherd bracket. Use JTL Pod 5 there also for 5% off of your purchase. Now, let's jump right into this meaningful conversation with Jonathan and Christina Hales. Anyway, so I'm sitting here through the magic and power of the internet with Jonathan and Christina Hales. So tell me a little bit about yourself um, before we get into any backstory. Just tell me what you guys do today, some of the interests you have, and uh, you know, kind of the ways you spend your days. Absolutely. Um, so currently right now, um, I'm, I'm a quadriplegic, mm. so my office is downstairs. I I was very familiar before with um, a minimum of hour commutes to work. So my 
So meeting in a commute downstairs to my office is refreshing, but I'm able to work from home and I currently do, uh, fortunately I had a, a lot of background in, in technical and, and computer. Um, I was a technical artist, if you will. So I currently do a lot of um, contract work for companies uh, in apps and uh, websites and um, actually for the past three years i've been working for a company called the view doing a language learning app oh. called fluent worlds which has been fantastic for me and a great opportunity anyways so i'm able to with my pinky operate a keyboard and so i spend my days here uh, kind of a recluse in the, in the corner of my office <laughs> Uh, and working a way to to do what I can to support the family. Awesome. Uh, I guess so. A typical day for me is we have a nurse that comes in. It takes uh, John about three hours to get ready for the day. So we have a nurse that comes in Monday through Friday, and then I take care of him on the weekend. Mm -hmm. So uh, typical morning is starts with the nurse coming in to help John get ready for the day. Um, I'm getting the uh, our, we have four daughters, so we have one daughter still left at home, so it's getting her off to seminary and school. Mm. Um, and then I also run a business here, so we pretty much work kind of like two feet from each other <laughs> in oh. our home office. So um, I'm running the business and then go to the gym, um, you know, family dinners, you know, we're doing family prayers, scripture reading, those kinds of things. Mm. So just really maintaining and running a family on top of everything. Oh, really cool. From from what you shared there, sounds like you're a family of faith. Tell 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 me a little bit about that faith and what that means to you right now. And then we're going to kind of dig into a couple of things that you both brought up in that uh, in that introduction, and then we'll go into some backstory. Certainly, um, faith plays a, plays a a really big role in uh, both our family, our relationship as a couple, and in life in general, especially our outlook on life. Um, I know everybody goes through difficult times in their lives. You know, everyone's got what we, I would define as kind of a Gethsemane, um, really tough trials in their life. And one of the, our faith has really been a rock and a cornerstone for us to lean on in this, a really difficult time in, in my life and our life. And, um, I think our faith has enabled us to actually draw close and, as a family and as a couple during this time and, and, and really tackle our issues head on, as well as give us hope in the future. And mm. um, so we're a Christian, we're a Christian um, couple, Christian family. We have a, a deep love for and a belief in Christ as our Savior. Mm -hmm. And uh, we are grateful that we can lean on that faith. And uh, during our times of trial, we feel like we feel like we're very much supported. Christina? Yeah. Uh, I guess for me, uh, faith obviously is a very um, deeply centered way uh, that kind of settles your soul and settles you as you're going through these these trials and whatnot. And um, I have a, a frame quote in my living room that says, 
um, rejoice that you have a resource for your pain. Um, and to, that there's comfort in knowing that there is a way to go through this and there is a way to um, process this. And, and really for the Hales family, if you talk to anyone, they're like, the Hales are always just so happy. Like, how are they just, they're just always happy. Every time you talk to John, mm -hmm. he's feeling better. Every time you talk to Christina, she just makes life fun. And um, so there's, there's a sense of humor there. Um, that, that we have that's kept us there. But really just the gospel helps settle your soul and it helps you to be happy despite what you're dealing with and what you're going through. Hmm. And we have a, a friend of ours that uh, he was a quadriplegic. It was actually Jack Rushton. And um, he passed away uh, about three or four years ago, I think. But after I called John's parents and after I called my parents to let them know what, what was happening with John, okay. his wife was the very next phone call. Huh. And I just said, I just don't know who else to call. You're, you're like the one person that's, that's been through this. And she said, I will tell you, it gets better. It does mm. get better. So just hold on to that, knowing that it will get better. And so that, that really helped me to kind of process everything and to just keep going. And, and it's definitely been true where, Huh. I guess it'll be 14 years on the 16th, March 16th was uh -huh. his accident. It'll be 14 years. And I can definitely say it has gotten easier. And and I don't know if it's because we're used to it or, but it really is the faith. It really is faith and the gospel and enduring, not just enduring, but enduring it well, you know, and taking those steps to endure it well mm. have really made, there's, yeah, there's always so much to be grateful for, you know, in any situation. It's really where you choose to focus. Right. And and you guys have both um, talked about, you know, John, you are a quadriplegic. And, and Christine, you mentioned there that, you know, when this happened, you you needed to reach out to a resource that uh, that could help you with your pain. So let's go back to... Let's talk a little bit about your life. To, I'm assuming you were together when, when the accident happened. So, so talk about your life leading up to that and then talk about the accident or the occurrence, whatever happened that uh, brought on the uh, quadriplegia. So um, before my accident, I was, a, I was in the video game industry. I, I was an art director for actually some prominent companies in the video game industry. I did work for... 3DO, Blackout Studios, Interplay. I did work for Sony, uh, Disney, and Midway. Hmm. And uh, and what years was this in about? Oh, between '98 and 2006. Okay. So that was um, yeah, about 14, 15 years ago or or so. And then I had, I was branching out of development into, uh, I had started my, my own company uh, as a resource for, um, it was management and uh, outsourcing was starting to become a, a big thing. So I was, I was creating a, a resource, kind of a, uh, a training resource for management and how to deal with outsourcing in the video game industry. I was prepping for uh, my debut at GD Game Development Conference in San Jose, okay. and I was really, really busy doing that. I had promised a friend I would go dirt bike riding with him, and he called up on that 
Thursday. And he said, John, you've been working really hard. Let's take a little bit of break. And although I didn't want to, I, I had promised. So I said, sure, absolutely. Let's, let's head on out. And so uh, we did so. And um, was one, I'm wondering if I should talk about the morning leading up to that as well. Yeah. I'll go ahead and include that. Uh, at the same time, I was a seminary teacher for... Mm. So early morning seminary teacher. So every morning I would teach high school students uh, that come in at six o'clock in the morning for an hour before they go to school. Right. And I remember coming back from that teaching moment and looking in the mirror uh, at home, getting ready for work. And I remember looking in the mirror and being honestly great, just reflecting on my life. And being honestly grateful that I had no really big trials or mm. that I was going through, that my life just seemed really blessed and really smooth. And uh, everything to that point had just been going so well. And mm. it's interesting that I, I, I specifically had that recollection. And I remember being grateful for that and very thankful. And then uh, a couple hours later, my friend called me up. I said, okay, we'll go for just a couple hours. And I wasn't doing anything crazy. It was just dirt bike riding. Um, there was just, a, I was going down a slope. I hit a, there was a dip and a lip that caught my back tire. It ended the bike forward. And I simply hyperflexed my neck. The bike rolled over me, hyperflexed my neck, shattered my C5 mm. uh, and uh, C6. And um, no other bumps, scratches, or bruises. I just, uh, just hyperflexed my neck, ragdoll, and wow. it ended, ended up being face down. And that, uh, that paralyzed me. I didn't black out at that moment. Huh. I remember ragdolling and realizing immediately what I had done, that I had broken my neck or my back. Wow. And I was sat there in the, in the dirt, and all I could do is just kind of flip my wrist back and forth and as i sat there a feeling came over me almost a voice and it immediately said john christ knows exactly what you're going through everything's going to be okay hmm. and that impression came to me immediately and that kind of set the stage i think for the rest of my experience yeah. And then I remember considering to myself immediately after, well, great, then maybe I'll be okay by Monday when I have to fly to San Jose for GDC. Um, but obviously that wasn't the case. Yeah. So, so, so let's pause there for just a second. Christina, tell me about your uh, perception of things leading up to that moment. And then when you received the, the news that this, um, traumatic accident had happened so john and i uh we had known our families i'm kind of giving a backstory we had known yeah. our families um kind of in the same ward he's a couple years older so um you know how that's like way older when you're young yeah yeah so yeah. i was more friends with his younger siblings that were my age um i knew of john we knew of each other but didn't really know each other mm -hmm. uh, he went on his mission mission to japan uh came home um I went over to his house a few times. Uh, he went to BYU, came back. Um, and so it was after he'd come back from BYU for a little bit. 
for the summer that we started um, hanging out and we started dating. And so we actually dated for six weeks and got engaged. And then we were married six weeks later. Wow. <laughs> and it's been 24 years. Wasting no time there, huh? Right? So uh, we went back to BYU uh, married. Um, and so helped, uh, he went, he finished BYU, he gets his job. We have four kids. Um, we have, it ended up being four girls um, back in California, you know, just living kind of the American dream. The husband mm -hmm. has a job, you have a new house, you know, everything that goes with it. And faithfully serving in our callings and just kind of like the picture perfect life, you know, mm -hmm. just happy. Our marriage was great. Um, so up to that point, it had been 10 years. Mm -hmm. And um, then, like you said, he uh, got invited to go dirt bike riding. And, um, and I, I, you know, I was a stay at home mom. And so he went and I was literally, uh, mopping the kitchen floor and I had one of those like vacuum mops. So it was kind of loud and the phone was ringing and I didn't hear it. And so after I was done, I noticed on the answer machine, they're blinking light. So I hit play and it was his friend, um, you know, Christina, pick up the phone, pick up the phone. John's been hurt. Christina, it's an emergency. And then another message and just the same thing. And then a third message, the same thing. And so um, I uh, was able to reach him because they were kind of out far, you know, uh, cell phone wasn't that great. So he told me kind of what had happened. And then his wife showed up at my house and we drove to the hospital together. She drove him to the hospital and it's, just like a scene out of the movies where you hear a helicopter mm. and you see it um, hovering over the hospital and you see it land. And then on the left, you just see 20 people all in their getup come out from the hospital to the um, helicopter and they transfer them onto the um, rolling bed thing. And, and take him in. And I, was, I, I wasn't allowed to go that way. I had to go a different way. Mm. And so they kind of set me in this like tiny, tiny waiting room. It felt like a closet. Uh, so it's just my friend and I. And of course, I had called our, both of our parents and said something happened to John. I think he's been hurt really bad. I don't know anything yet. This is the hospital rat. Um, so they pulled me. The doctor came and got me and said, okay, you can see John now. Um, and so he was in number three and I pulled the curtain across. And the first thing is John just like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, am so, I am so, so sorry. I promise I wasn't being crazy. I'm so sorry. Like, I think just everything was happening at that one moment. And I said, it's okay. It's fine. You know, and we've never, none of our kids have ever broken a bone. Mm. We've never been to the hospital. We've never been to the ER. So it was, when you've never had those experiences, you're just like, oh, he'll be fine. I'm sure we'll yeah. be out by tomorrow. Like it's, right. it, it, it's just not reality setting in. It's tough to process. It's tough to process. Yeah. So, um, so, and he was covered with a blanket from the neck down. So I didn't see anything. Um, and obviously no bruises or cuts or anything. He just looked like he was lying in bed. Right. Um, so the doctor said, okay, we're going to take him into surgery. Um, and then we'll get you from there. And uh, so they closed the thing. And as I was walking back, two doctors were walking past. And one of them said, oh, what's up with guy number three? And the other doctor said, oh, he broke his neck. Um, he'll be paralyzed for life. He's basically Christopher Reed. Oh, wow. So that's kind of how I found out. So what was your reaction when you heard that? Me? Yeah. 
I, it was a long, lonely walk back to the closet. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was still like, it was still hard to process because everything just felt like a movie. Hmm. Just what didn't seem real, huh? It looked the same, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just really hard to process. And when you're in the emergency room, everything there is about saving your life. It's not about comforting the people that are there. Right. So that was a little hard to process too. Um, so I went back to the closet and then I called both sets of parents and my parents were actually on their way to Arizona and they flipped a U-turn and started driving back and his parents are now getting to the hospital. All of his siblings are now leaving their work to get to mm. the hospital. And, and so they move us to a waiting room. So the surgery was supposed to be a two, two hour ordeal and it mm. ended up being almost five. Mm. Um, but again, they're about saving your life. And so nobody was coming in to tell us what was going on or why it was taking so long. So it was kind of a long five hours. So the doctor comes in and he says to all of us, um, and John has a family of seven siblings, all married. I have a family of six siblings, all married. So you wow. can imagine the amount of people in this waiting room. <laughs> the doctor kind of came in and was like, wow, this family exploded. <laughs> Yeah. But he said, okay, uh, he's had the surgery. It went great. Uh, it took longer because as they were trying to, in, in, as we were trying to intubate him, um, they kept getting stuck or something. Yeah, they, they had trouble. They had trouble. And so that's why it took so long. For like two hours. For two hours. Wow. Um, but uh, the surgery went great. They took hip from his bone and um, kind of created a new neck. And then with um, rods, um, they fused four, five, and six together. Mm. But basically he had obliterated C5 um, and it even went into his right artery. And so they were able to fix all that. Wow. But, um, but he said he has a, about a one to 2% chance of walking ever again. And so you need to prepare your life and your home for somebody who's going to be in a wheelchair. Mm. So if you have any wow. questions, otherwise I need to get to my next surgery. And wow. It was just such shock. It was just matter of a fact. And then yeah. it was kind of up and out. I mean, this is, a, a, I assume, a little bit different, but I can only imagine being somewhat similar to somebody, a doctor coming in and saying, uh, you've got cancer and you're going to live with cancer until you don't live anymore. Right. You know? right. So, 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 John, tell me a little bit about your, once, once it set in that, hey, this isn't just Monday, I'm going to go fly out to, to my conference my, that I'm going to. Tell me a little bit about how that affected you when you realized the somewhat finality of the situation or the permanency, maybe not the finality, right. but the permanency. That's a, such a great question. It's been a really different journey for me, I think, than a, than a lot of people. I mentioned before the experience that I had when I was face down in the dirt. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I have gone through the normal grieving processes that most people have. Hmm. And either that or I'm still in denial <laughs> you know, 14 years later. I, to be honest, I have, from the get-go, I have felt, I was be, I've been extremely supported, of course, by my family, which is a luxury that, you know, not everybody has. Right. So that, that has been a great boon to me. I have also felt immensely supported by my Savior. Um, 
And I can't express how exactly or why, but I honestly feel like I have been supported to the point that I have, I, I have never questioned why this mm. happened to me. I've never been angry or upset that mm. it happened to me. I have always felt like, why, who am I to, who am I to be different or special or um, who am I not to experience the type of um, trials that so many do in life? So my focus honestly went immediately to, okay, what can I do to support my family? Mm. Um, instead of, and maybe too much. So maybe I've, I should have focused a little bit more on the, the physical rehab and whatnot. But, but my, my priorities and my focus in life uh, continued to be I need to figure out a way that I can continue to support my family, even in my situation. Hmm. So all my energy and focus went to that. And even though I felt like, even though I recognized that this is a permanent situation and that chances are in my lifetime, they're not going to come up with the, um, the technology to repair me. I, can and will make the best of this situation. I am so grateful and I can recognize all the incredible things that I have that so many don't. Mm. Like I mentioned, the supportive family, the incredibly supportive wife. I've got four beautiful daughters that I believe need me and want me in their life. And I need to be a father figure to them. And so that's where all my energy and focus went. And I wow. did not have any time or uh, I, I just don't have time to, to retreat into myself or be angry or upset or. Right. So it sounds like self-pity really isn't anything that, that, that you um, deal with much, huh? I have been blessed to be spared from that. That's and, really cool. Yeah. I, and I don't know. And, and I will recognize it is not of my own validity, all of my own validity. You know, mm. there is something else there that um, that has enabled me and taking uh, that burden. Wow, very cool. So, Christina, has it been the same for you the whole time? And I mean, did you ever um, did you never say why me? What in the world is going on? Right, why God? Um, <laughs> So that's probably why we make a good balance. <laughs> um, so I remember right before John went in for surgery, his brother Todd gave him um, a blessing. And in the blessing, it said, your body will be restored, you know, into its perfect form and, you know, along the lines of that. And so, I mean, there were thousands and thousands of people that were praying for John and praying for our family. And I mean, you can tell just by listening to him, to him um, and talking to him that like, he's such a good man. He was like such a righteous man. And if anyone deserved this miracle, it would be John Hales. Mm. I mean, that's the kind of guy he was in the state growing up. That's the kind of, you know, seminary teacher he was just so, so, so dearly beloved. Mm -hmm. um, but that miracle did not come for mm. us. And so for me, it 
the miracle really for me is um, the ability to accept God's will. Mm. And that can be hard for people, but for us, we've been able to accept it. And like he said, move forward by being productive and by being positive about that will and however it's to play out. Now, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I'm not going to say that it's just, you know, all roses and everything is great um, because there are very, very, very hard days. And I'm the kind of person that um, initially and early in our marriage, I'd kind of keep things inside mm. and not bother people with things. And then it would come to a forefront, you know? And so yeah. with this, like, I don't have anyone to blame. <laughs> You know, he wasn't being crazy. You know, he wasn't being irresponsible. I, you know, I don't have anyone or anything to blame. It simply was an accident. Mm. And um, it, it, it is my fault. I take responsibility for that. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's you know, it was it was it was an accident. It but it's not accident. something that that you yeah. that you feel could be. Hey, <laughs> if you wouldn't have just done this, you know, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, um, and that can be hard. And so, John finally said to me, "Listen, you know." if you're having a hard day, just tell me, I hate that you're paralyzed. <laughs> because if you don't say that, I'm thinking it's something I did or something I said, and I'm questioning everything. And I'm trying to figure out why you're like having a hard day. Yeah. And so that has really helped me to be able to just be like, gosh, dang it today. I'm just mad that you're broken. <laughs> you know, just get it out there. How often do you say that? Uh, not very often, to be honest, maybe two, three times a year, yeah. you know, like where it, it, it hits its head, but. Talk about the conversation you had with your mother initially. Oh, yeah. So uh, initially, uh, this is probably like five, six days after he was in, in ICU in the hospital. I, it was like two in the morning. I called my mom and I said, mom, it's like, I did everything you were supposed to do when you, when you you know, as a child, I was such a good child, you know, and I, I got my, my darn young woman's medallion. And, you know, I mm -hmm. went to college and I, you know, got married in the temple. I married a return missionary, you know, we have for our family, we're doing everything the gospel teaches you to do. And I feel, and John was such a good kid too. It's all the same choices. And I just mm -hmm. feel like we got gypped mm. and, and, you know, I just feel like we got gypped. And she said, you know what? It's because of all of those righteous choices and decisions that you made that that was the foundation that you built so that you can get through this. It's mm. because of all those things that you did. And once she said that, then I never really looked back after that. I was like, it's so true. It's simple, but so profound. And that ultimately is what has helped us to keep going, you know, and we still, we still are going to church. We're, we still doing our family home evening. We're still doing our reading scriptures with the girls. Um, it's just maybe a little bit different or maybe it's a little bit shorter, but mm -hmm. because of all those things, because we still endured and endured it well, we're still so happy. And mm. those blessings are all still there. Yeah. So, so you have four daughters. How old were these girls when this happened? Uh, eight, six, three, and 18 months. Wow. They were, they were all young. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Diapers, naps, the whole thing. Yeah. How, how have they dealt with the whole situation? I mean, it's a radical change, especially for the eight and six year old. 
there was a massive change that happened with them, a very traumatic type thing. So how have they dealt with that? And how did they deal with it initially? And how has that um, um, maybe transitioned over the years? That's a great question for Christina to answer. <laughs> I remember um, bringing them into the hospital and we made sure we covered all the cords and everything, you know, coming out of John. So, right. and it was just funny because uh, the, the eight-year-old came in and was like, oh, whose tub of licorice is this? Can I have one? I mean, just <laughs> oblivious. You know, we're all like, as parents, like, what are they going to say? How are they going to feel? What if they ask this? What's our answer going to be? And she was just like, you know, whose licorice is that? Mm. Um, I used to tell my girls, um, your dad is, you're made out of stone. You can't hurt your dad. And that way, wrestle with them or uh, give them piggybacks or whatnot. I do remember my oldest, Rachel, coming in one day, looking at me and said, Dad, you're not made of stone because you broke. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and that, that hurt. As a father, that, that, the reality and the, the, to see that she recognized that kind of hurts as a, as a father. Yeah. Um, so for them, it was really important for me to keep structure uh, structure in our home like you know come home you have your snack you you do your chore you do your homework then you can play uh, we ended up cutting our cable tv so they grew up without tv um, they were outside just like everybody else playing handball on my garage breaking all my windows on the garage mm. door <laughs> um, but all the neighborhood kids were at our house in our front yard you know mm. which now to me is crazy that I had all that chaos um, while trying to take care of John, but it was really important for me that their childhood was still a childhood mm. and it wasn't an altered childhood. And um, it was kind of hard because a lot of times people would want them to, to have them like helping John out a lot. And I was like, you know, let that be me. I want them to have a happy childhood. Of course they helped. Um, and, but again, I can't say enough about being productive, having structure. We still had our family home evenings. We still had our scripture reading. Mm. Um, all those things were still intact. And our daughter, I think when she was about a sophomore, wrote a letter for one of her English essays. And she talked about, people always ask her, you know, how are you able to get through this? And how was that? And, and she was just like, our lives were so happy. I didn't even really notice that he was broken. Like, mm. what? Like our life wasn't very different. Mm. We were, we, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Like our life just seemed normal. Like we were just happy. And, and, you know, and you have both said this, but I just don't think it's, it's definitely not the normal that happens when something like this happens. Right. Yeah. And your, your approach to it was definitely molded by life experiences, faith journeys and everything like that. But a lot of people, I don't know if a lot of people, some people, when something like this happens, it would easily shatter their faith, their confidence, their trust in, right. in, 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 in God. How do you, because I'm sure others have come to you in moments where because of your experience when they've had somewhat similar experiences and said, what do I need to do? <laughs> what, what am I got to do here? Uh, how do you share with them your experience, strength and hope so that they can um, hopefully get off on a good foot or, 
or recover some of the things that they had lost? I, I think for me, it's just so important to be, um, to no matter where you are in life, to seek out things, that, blessings that you can be grateful for. And I know that's, that's difficult. That, that's, it's a perspective. It's a perspective concept. And mm. it's, it's not always easy when we're in the thick of things to find silver linings or find things to be grateful for. But um, for me, gratitude has been the key to happiness. And if you, I believe if you can't, if you're not grateful, it's very difficult to be happy. It's very difficult to find and recognize the things that are positive and going well in, in your life. Mm. So interestingly enough to try and keep my mental state positive and happy, I yeah. sing songs in the morning, huh. uh, in my shower, positive and that's silly. It's, it's silly and, and, but I sing positive, happy songs in the morning. And um, I, I don't think I'm a very susceptible to suggestion, but I give myself positive affirmations mm -hmm. and uh, that talk about my responsibility and my love of God and family. And um, I, be I believe in, in my success, in my worth. And I take time to contemplate and ponder all the wonderful things that I am grateful for. I'm grateful to be alive. Mm. I'm grateful to have even the small abilities that I have, the ability to learn and read and grow and teach myself new, new abilities on the computer. I'm grateful mm -hmm. to have my pinky so that I can I can type and communicate. Mm. Mm. Uh, I know I'm in pain constantly, but I am, and this is a really, one of the things that I am most grateful for, and I know this is a really weird thing to say, but to be honest, I am grateful for the opportunity to be able to identify with others who have gone through similar situations mm. and to be able to, feel empathy for them and speak with them and hopefully help them in one way or another by, you know, just by talking to them, supporting them, being a support for them, because I know at least to a degree what they've, what they've gone through. I'm grateful for that experience. Mm. Not everybody can say that. And mm -hmm. I know, I know that I'm, it has opened me up to my own ignorance about so many trials that so many other people face that I haven't and never will. And so I'm grateful for that understanding. Oh, interesting. Anything to add to that, Christina? Yeah, uh, I think for me, um, I remember being about 17 and our bishop came into our Sunday school and he said, um, you know, do you have a testimony? And of course we're like, yeah. 
of course we do. And he said, no, you know, do you really have a testimony? Because you now is the time to really solidify and gain that testimony because things are going to happen in the future where you're going to need to come back to that and rely on that. And if you don't have a strong, firm testimony now, you will not make it. Mm. And that's a message I share over and over and over with the youth um, because I've lived it. Um, you know, I, I've lived it and this happened and it does, I'm not going to lie or sugarcoat it. It does um, test your faith. It does test your testimony and you do begin to question things and your faith and your religion and everything. And you, my favorite word is remember. And so I would often have to remember when I gained my testimony, you know, I remember where I was in my room and the day it looked like outside, what time it was, you know, being filled with the spirit. I remember that time. Um, I remember how I felt when um, I was being sealed to John in the temple for marriage. Um, I remember those times when I had each of my four girls and, um, and then it's just, it's remembering those times and then relying on the savior to keep you going. And, um, that's really what, what has helped me to get through this is my relationship with Christ. And, you know, I tell people all the time, we all go through trials and ours is just so visible to everybody, but yeah. everybody has pain. And often yeah. the most painful ones are the ones that we don't see. And, but the thing that's the, that's universal is that our tears all flow the same way. They all flow down. Right. Mm -hmm. But we have the power and we have the ability to look up towards Christ and whether that's through prayer or going, through, going to church or reading our scriptures, whatever those are for you, we have the ability to look up to Christ and have him help us. Um, you know, personally, again, for me, things that I do, I go to the gym that, you know, I, I really follow that word of wisdom, which includes being healthy, going to mm. the gym. Uh, it relieves that stress for an hour eating healthy. Um, I have to stay healthy to take care of him. This mm. is, I mean, I'm lifting him around in and out of cars in and out of bed, you know, the right. physicality, I have to be strong. Um, so those things, um, mm. and then he, you know, sometimes I just need to go to the movies with my girlfriends and chat till three in the morning, you know? And so John's sure. like, I need a movie night. And he's like, okay, go have fun. I'll see you when you get back at three in the morning. I, <laughs> so just being around good people that uplift you, you know, having mm. your own cheer team, family and friends. It's, it's absolutely necessary. I recognize it's absolutely necessary for Christina to have her own time to have a way time to have time that she can um, renew and replenish. So at least every year she does a weekend and get away with, with her girls, um, mm -hmm. with her business as she flies out from time to time. Mm -hmm. And um, I absolutely, and, and like she said, movie nights, uh, or if she just needs to go chill and, and talk to some, absolutely support that and encourage that. Um, it's so necessary. Yeah. So, so one thing that was brought up there and, and I hadn't successfully done this until this moment. Uh, I hadn't put myself in your shoes, John, until, uh, Christina said, you know, I have to pick him up and carry him, you know, put him in and out of the car and everything like that. 
for me, I think that would be the hardest part of your situation if I was in that place to allow somebody else to do those types of things for me. Uh, tell me how you deal with that. Um, to me, it would be humiliation. But how, how do you, how is it, how do you perceive it? And how do you deal with that, John? That is, as of course, a man. Yeah. <laughs> that is one of the, we're supposed to be the protected, the protector. We're supposed to be the enabler. We're the, we're the strength. Well, you know, I've always envisioned that we're the, you know, the, to be the man of the, the house. Physical strength. The physical man of the house. That's a kind of our responsibility and our role. Uh, that has been a difficult hurdle, certainly mentally, to see and allow my wife and others to uh, do those things for me. Hmm. That's a tough. That's a tough question. It's tough yeah. for me to address it. There's. I, it is. It has humbled me. I have to say that it's very. It's very humbling to to allow that I'm, I'm, I'm beating around the bush a lot <laughs> i will say it makes me feel it makes me feel guilty even now from time to time it puts it in my face of what i have done to my family and others and so that's a difficult thing for a for me as a man to deal with absolutely mm. um, it is part of the package and I just, I am, I am grateful and, and humbled that Christina and so many support me in that way. But it has, it has humbled me. Absolutely. Mm. There's no other way to, to say it. You've, you've got to, you've got to just take a step back and realize you can't do everything on your own anymore. And I think, you know, from this little bit of time getting to know you two, if the tables were turned and Christina was the one that was in that situation, I think you would probably do the same thing for her and not uh, complain too much about it. Maybe someday right. say, it sucks that you're par paralyzed, but you know. <laughs> I always say like, he'd be so much better at this than I would, than I am. Yeah. <laughs> He's way more patient, like you, so much better. You would, you would hope so, right? I we always, you know, we can always mentally put ourselves in those situations, but you never know until you actually go through it, how people are going to react. And I yeah. think that's so wonderful. That's one of the wonderful things about Christina. You can date someone for six weeks. You can date someone for <laughs> six, six years and never know exactly how they are going to react mm -hmm. in a time of real stress and chaos. And I feel so incredibly blessed that she has been uh, as solid and steady and loving as she has been. I, I, consider, I consider myself very lucky, very blessed uh, to have a partner that's willing to lift at least half or more of the load. And, and I'll say the secret to that is because we have a uh, couple prayer every night. Mm. I mean, we did that every night for 10 years and we've been doing it the last 14 years. And that alone can really solidify and bond a couple together because you're praying for the same things and you're hearing, you know, we take turns 
you know, he has the odd days. I have the even days. It's because he's odd, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, because there's more odd days. <laughs> that too. That too. 31 and one. Yeah. Um, but, but that is a big, big, for me, you know, I could testify that's been a big help in our marriage and our relationship in doing this together in me staying here the power of a couple prayer. So if you're, if you're a couple and you're not having it, just start now. Um, Never too late to start. And pray for each other. Recognize the needs of your spouse and pray for those needs. It verbalizes the recognition that you have, the love that you have for them, the recognition of the things that they're in need of and maybe struggling with that you want to address and help and plead for. So great advice. I love that. Love it. Um, so this question goes to both of you and you guys determine how you want to answer this and it's kind of individual and couple, I think, but you have been a individuals and a family of faith, always believed in God, always, you know, had prayer and, and everything else went to church, did everything that connected you at least in the eyes of others and even in your own eyes with God. How has your relationship with God changed since before the accident to where it is now today? I think for me, the ultimate goal in my life is that connection with God. And that is, I think we all know, a process that only comes to fruition through time and effort and experience and i think the more experiences we have for good and ill in life can help us strengthen those connections with deity with god it helps us understand our role in his plan our role in, or our his love for us and our and our own strengths and weaknesses and dependencies on him for me this i'm going to call it a, a pretty big trial mm-hmm. in my life through this i have recognized his hand more clearly in my life I have heard his voice from time to time in support through my feelings, through the actions of others, through the words of others. And there is no doubt that he has been with me to support me in my trials. That has done nothing but strengthen my belief in him, my love for him, and my hope that I can continue to grow and foster my relationship with him. I know deeper of his love for me. I know that he loves me, that he is aware of me. And I'm so grateful for that. My relationship is definitely, it's definitely deepened and so much more authentic 
And I think it's that authentic relationship that Christ wants us to have with him. And he's, you know, God's going to put whatever he needs in front of us so that we can gain that authentic relationship. I'd like to add that there have been things stripped away through this experience. There have been things stripped away in my life that have rearranged my priorities and, and helped me focus more on the spiritual and the future through this experience. Hmm. There, there's a lot of uh, physical things in my life that have been stripped away and that has uh, forced me to not forced me that has enabled me to fo focus more on on the spiritual and do you see that as a, a a blessing obviously it's a trial but do you see that as a blessing also yeah absolutely it's it is very much a trial and it's frustrating at times. I feel like uh, Paul kicking against the pricks from time to time because I have never been able to kick around the soccer ball with my girls or help them throw a softball with them or uh, never be able to physically dance with them at their... I, I do dance with my girls, but right. you know, hold hold them like right. I want to in my arms, um, hug them fully the way I'd love to. There are limitations in my life, but um, but it is a blessing that I have been able to. Uh, it's a blessing that those have been that I have the frustration. I, 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 don't, I don't know how to explain it fully, but it's a blessing that I've been able to. <laughs> I just maybe think, you I know, our, our oldest daughter, um, she got married uh, January of 2019. And mm -hmm. um, John, you know, he knows he can't, he can't hold her and dance with her, but what can he do? And he wrote a song and sang it in front of everyone. <laughs> mm. Awesome. And so that was recorded and, and a friend of ours wrote, uh, commented, John was the tallest man standing that night. Mm. And, you know, and that's what John's good at that, you know, things are stripped away, but he has a way of finding what can he do and magnifying that. Mm. Very cool. So what is a go-to phrase or verse of scripture or you know mantra i guess motto that you as a family gather around and gain strength from oh, okay so this is one of mine's one of mine uh, from neil a maxwell though we have rightly applauded our ancestors for their spiritual achievements those of us who prevail today will have done no small thing the special spirits who have been reserved to live in this time of challenges and who overcome will one day be praised for their stanima by those who fold hand cards. Hmm. And mine is found in scripture in the Book of Mormon in Mosiah 24. 
14. This is the Lord talking to a prophet named Alma, who is in bondage with his people. And he says, And I will also ease the burdens which are put upon your shoulders, that even you cannot feel them upon your backs, even while you are in bondage. And this will I do, that you may stand as witnesses for me hereafter, and that you may know of a surety that I, the Lord God, do visit my people in their affliction. And so I hope to be able to stand as a witness that the Lord does know his people, that he loves them and does visit them in their afflictions, because I know in my instance, he truly has eased the burdens that are put upon my shoulders. Very cool. I love both of those. Those are both very uplifting. All right. So as a couple of roundup or wrap up thoughts and questions, first is let's transport ourselves 80 years into the future. Um, your great grandkids are all sitting around and saying, hmm, what do grandpa and grandma Hales have to say to me today? Why don't you share what you have to say to them 80 years, 100 years from now? It's funny you ask that. I am writing an autobiography. Oh, awesome. To handle that. And uh, I'm also, I don't know where I'm going to be a week from now, let alone 80 years. <laughs> that's why I'm like, um... right. I could. And that's, that's why you're leaving it to them in this recorded format here. Right. I could, thank you. I could be around 20 years from now. I could. Uh, I could be gone next week, get a bad mm -hmm. UTI, or um, yeah. I am a compromised system, and we all know the things that are going around today. Yeah, I don't know um, how long I've got, but um, and I've so I'm also doing. Um, I have just started little video segment, two minute messages by the Quad Father that I'm leaving. Just positive thoughts as well. What would I tell my children and grandchildren? 80 years from now. I know things are going to get probably tougher, not easier in life. I would simply tell them to believe in God, trust in God, and seek first and foremost for your an authentic relationship with Him. And then when you find that, Share that with others. Be that light to draw others and point them to God and to Christ. While the kids were in the home, I made an effort every day to take a picture of happiness. And I called it like Hale's happiness. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, with technology now, there's chat books. And so we have volumes of these chat books of a photo every day of happiness that was in our home. Mm. And so hopefully they're, they're looking through those. Um, and I guess what I would say to them is that we hope that you look to us as examples of happiness in the gospel and happiness in doing those basic things and, and happiness despite what's going on and to truly look for happiness and um, that it really is a choice. And if it's 
hard for you to find happiness right then, that you can um, talk with your family, you can talk with your friends, you can talk with Christ um, to, to find that happiness. And that it's not going to be every day. And there will be times when you're sad. And that's okay. Mm. There'll be times when you're mad and you're frustrated. That's okay. That's being human. Um, it's okay to have hard days. Just don't stay there. And take the steps to get you back up. Let those tears fall down. But find, find the resources to help you to look back up. I love my wife. She is so much more eloquent than I am. <laughs> I think your wife's pretty cool too. I'm grateful that uh, she's participating fully in this. And I'm grateful for that. Absolutely. That's awesome. Um, any other words of wisdom that you'd like to impart with me or the listeners uh, before we sign off here? I'm very, very grateful just for the opportunity to talk with you, Justin. I really appreciate the time that you've given us to be uh, a voice I simply hope that people can find uh, a little bit of positive, you know, positive message and feel uplifted, feel, feel that maybe they're not alone in their struggles and yeah, just feel uplifted from, from the message. Awesome. I appreciate the opportunity and I, I hope for that. Yeah. And I was going to say, you know, it's not often that people kind of interview us, and um, pose, pose these questions, you know, it's, it's a time for, it's probably why we have to pause every time you ask us a question because we we're not really asked a lot. Um, and so it's good to, you know, have an interview where you're asked these, you know, deep questions and it just, so thank you because it reaffirms our commitment to each other and to this trial that we've made it 14 years we can make it another 14 years <laughs> so thank you oh thank you for your time this has been super meaningful to me and i hope it's been meaningful to you too yeah very much so thank you thank you john and christina well there you have it hails happiness despite what is going on what a conversation there are so many takeaways that I can apply into my life from this episode. I invite you to act on whatever pricked your heart and implement it into your life. I can promise you that if you do, your life will improve little by little until it is a very noticeable change for the better. Now, a little bit of sad news here, at least for me, although I'm really excited about it. I'm going to be taking a bit of a hiatus from the Journey Through Life podcast. I felt called in a bit of a different direction for the next while. And if you're curious as to what that direction is, please come and check it out at www.rico12.com. That's R-E-C-O-1-2.com. Rico12.com. Thanks again for listening in. And I hope you enjoyed this episode as well as all of the past episodes, well over a hundred of them from over the last several years. Please enjoy it. And when I come back, I look forward to connecting with you in the Journey Through Life podcast again. Please check out our sponsors, alifeuntold.com, shepherdbrackets.com, and radfordpineshomedecor.com. I look forward to a future day 
of getting back to the Journey Through Life podcast. But in the meantime, press forward. I really appreciate the support and the help that you have given. Have a fantastic week. Mm-hmm.